You're listening to Empire of Rust, the world's first and only Transformers RPG podcast. Join the heroes of Icon as they defend Cybertronian civilization from the remnants of Cybertron First to Lord Starscream's egotistical leadership and beyond to the unknown threats on the other side of distant stars. Welcome back to Empire of Rust, the one and only Transformers RPG podcast. And this is the long-awaited, long-anticipated episode 60. Why is that, Pat? Well, because since episode 20, we've been waiting in anticipation. Patient. <laughs> Uh, if you haven't listened to episode 20 in a while, go ahead and listen to that again, and you will get the joke. So, awesome. If you haven't listened to episode 20 at all, boy, you must be confused. <laughs> <laughs> People do it's, like doing the, the re-listens. So, yeah, you guys just finished up a couple of individual stories about what you guys were doing during the, uh, the, the few weeks you had, the few weeks you had off after dealing with uh, Quick Switch and Cybertron first. Uh, you managed to clear out Steelhaven, got all that taken care of, and did a whole bunch of stuff in the meantime, and got yourselves a whole lot of information and maybe some plot threads that you guys will need to explore as we go on. Threads! Yeah, I'm excited to see what's next, definitely. Well, that's good there, Matt, because the next step is all about you. We need to head on over to uh, Scarvix to deal with your, well, to deal with your, uh, your, your shit there. Your criminal past. I thought, we, I thought we were making a stopover, or were we going to Scarvix first? Uh, that is totally up to you. You guys can go ahead and uh, deal with uh, the, the whole space bridge thing first, or you can head over to Scarvix first. Um, so I'll leave that up to you guys. I had a thought on that, because the bounty hunters that are bringing him aren't just going to be like, oh, hey, yeah, that's cool. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll catch up afterwards. But if Starscream's like, no, they're doing this. Like, you know, like, this is one of those few instances where he'd actually be useful. Like, you're like, you're welcome to follow us, you know, but we're going to go and do this thing. I mean, they, they might not care very much, though, because they didn't particularly care about Cybertron Authority the first time, you know. We were working for the government before, too. I mean, maybe it might, it's still, that could still do the trick. I don't know. Yeah. It was just, I was trying to think of that because I was like, oh, wait, like, you know, we might have to go. And I, you know, obviously we could just, we could just skip I mean, town, like, and then have them, like, chasing after us later. But I feel that would cause unnecessary <laughs> tension, which means we well, should the, totally do it. <laughs> the space bridge wasn't exactly a, an urgent matter, was it? I mean, yeah, sure, it was important. But was it urgent? No, I mean... Which one? Discovering, you know, going to that planet with the new space bridge. I thought it was urgent. Whoever gets there first tends to make first contact. That is usually... That's a pretty urgent thing. So... Now, granted, should we have Magnum making first contact with anything? No. You know? (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking about? I'm I'm the diplomatic bee's knees. Is first contact uh, typically uh, a dangerous undertaking? Well, it can be. Depends on what right. kind of what you make first contact with. You know what? I, I well, we uh, we go to Scarvix, take care of uh, Magnum's little mishap, so I can be uh, free and clear to focus on on the next mission, which should be the the, the space bridge, the thing in Bob. 
the planet. That please. Did I, and forgive me. Did we actually find the thing that was stolen? Yes. So like, so the thing that he's being accused of stealing, we actually have, so we could give it back and then just be like, "Fuck off." Yeah, if we want to give it back. Well, it's like, it's like, like, what, what is the benefit of not giving it back? Like, is it's a holy grail sort of thing, and I just kind of go whatever. Like, are you gonna merge with it? Well, I was gonna look it over when we had some time, so because it's an artifact okay. of some sort. So how many, so we have two we have two So I mean maybe Mike could tell me what we find out about it before we hand it over to anyone cuz I'm not going to tell anyone that I have it except for you guys. Right. So Well it it was in their care for, you know, a very very long time, was it not? Totally safe. Certainly. Like millions and of years long time. Technically it does belong to them. Wait. Wait, how how long ago did Magnum steal it? At most a couple of hundreds, maybe a thousand years ago. Oh, okay. I thought it was like just before we met. Okay. It would probably be like 150 50 to 100 years, probably. Sure. If 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 that's all right with you. Yeah, um, absolutely. Because that's about how long he was on. That's about how long. Well, maybe it could be longer than that because, I mean, he's done stuff since he got off Drunky on. So. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I'm, I'm fine with you defining that. I guess that. maybe a couple hundred. A couple hundred would probably be reasonable. Sounds Give good take, More or less. Uh, but yeah, so from what you remember and what you figured out, uh, the that crystal, the binding crystal, is likely the data core of an ancient Cybertronian. Uh, and all of the data pads that you found in QuickSwitch's office were copies and kind of like working working files of the information that was on that data crystal. So, Magnum, you're you're. You understand that uh, all the information on those data pads is effectively a copy of the stuff that was found in the data crystal, even though it's not quite uh, easy to to translate for you. You're working on it at the moment. So, but we we have we have another copy. If we gave this away, we'd still have the data. Correct. Is what you're saying? Okay. Bingo. But I mean, one is just like the diary of an ancient Cybertronian, and the other one's the actually the soul. Of an ancient Cybertronian that we could like speak with dead or some some weirdness. It's like more like his disembodied brain. Turn this into the Transformer Diaries. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> but is that is that more accurate? Is it a disembodied brain versus like a space ghost? When you say the data core, it's effectively all the stored memories of the of the the explorer. It's not like his spark or anything. It's more like the records of like his life, so to speak, like his memories. Sort of like ancient data tracks. Yeah. Yeah. No, but, but I guess is it is is there a functional difference between what's in the original and what's copied? Like is one like, oh, the description of it versus I can live it as though it's mine. I uh, you think that they're they're pretty equivalent. Okay. If his spark was a part of that, you could probably like, try to, to do what you just said, like live the experience somehow. Mm-hmm. But without his actual, like his spark there, he's, it's, not, it's not living in any, in any sense anymore. Do we, um, as a, 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 a habit, do we record like our interactions with other people? Sweet Spot does. Because like we had a <laughs> confession from Quick Switch that he was the one that actually stole it in the first place. So if we just go to that planet and say, oh, here's the confession of the guy that actually stole it, and here it's back. I think the the co- the confession, quote-unquote, that you're talking about is him and 
a Magnum kind of working or him comm- him telling Magnum to do it mm, or right. him contracting with Magnum to do it. Right. So, so it's it's not so much that he confessed to do it, but it, you think that kind of evidence could work against you a little bit. Well, the trouble is, I mean, the truth is that as far as we can tell, he did steal it. Right, but the person that did it is actually dead. And like, so like, if someone hires an assassin, the person who hires the assassin is just as culpable as the assassin. Because the assassin wouldn't be doing it if they weren't being paid to do it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, he's had an... I mean, it's, it's, it's like someone who's had an entire personality change. Right. I mean, so... Since he, before, but it's... He also admitted to blowing... To killing your other head. Like, so like, the person that committed the act is dead you know like what is the what's the like, you know, what is their goal getting the object back or punishing the, the guilty in which case that's already been done both in both cases because they're both severely dead. yeah i mean i think that's a good case to argue i mean that's it's a it's gonna be a it's gonna be a legal i mean this is like any case that that there's mental problems okay. with you know only incredibly unique you know i mean I guess that's probably a philosophical question amongst Transformers. If your brain gets blown up and then you survive, I mean, he didn't lose his entire brain; he just lost most of it. So this must be a common thing, though. I mean, like it's not like you're the first headmaster to exist. It's like like this sort of you know synergistic relationship is commonplace. So like you would, yeah, it's not always due to trauma, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I mean, I guess that's the, that's the question. It's like if your head is guilty of a crime and the body was just there. And the head then leaves, and you get a new head. Like it's like the, what is it, like the, it's like the ship of Perseus. It's like which one is where does the 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 you know the the onus of the crime end? Oh, I know. It's a, that's that's why I meant philosophical question. Although he wasn't a headmaster before this, so what was he? I, I would. I don't. He was just a transformer. He's a zero level character, probably. Wait, so you so, so you were you were know. just a transformer, Magnum as Magnum, and then your head was blown off. Yeah. For some reason, you didn't die, and then another bot just kind of like jumped on your body. He was severely brain damaged, and he was trapped on he was trapped on Junkion for like fifty to hundred years. Okay, well, and he couldn't he couldn't move Junkions. And Pythagoras Pythagoras was able to repair him by them becoming a headmaster. Basically, okay, you really you need to listen to his origin uh, episode. Granted, what? we haven't recorded it yet, but you need to listen. <laughs> I just, I'm, like, just, I'm like, I don't know where that, I don't think I've heard that. <laughs> okay, there's a good reason. Yeah, I mean, the, it might actually be the first time you uh, said it on, on air. I mean, uh, Quick Switch coming into it is as much of a surprise to me as anyone else, but. I mean, obviously, I love talking about this weird kind of shit. It's just like, to me, like, in a world that's, you know, a culture that's lasted for hundreds of millions of years, you would think that they would have dealt with this at one point or another, you know? Well, they actually may have. You know, that's why we need to get into the legal niceties of it, right. I think. Okay. So I guess what do we want? Do we want a, a, I mean, a, Magnum would be all good for going for the space bridge first. He's not in any hurry. So all depends on if my, uh, my jailers are going to let us. Let's go ahead and put it to a, a vote then. So Adam said to deal with the uh, uh, deal with Scarvix first. Matt, you want to deal with the space bridge first. Pat or Mike, what do you want to? What do you guys want to do? I mean, I, I find the space bridge more appealing as a as a concept, like like going to a planet specifically to legalize with the possibility of one of my f- friends like being lost. It's like, well, if I could do another thing, I'd do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So the question is now: Does Pythag- does Matt get two votes though? <laughs> we need to get Rex back to get a bunch of votes. Uh, and Mike, what about you? What's uh, what's your preference? What do you want to do? Well, you you also know that Starscream asked you specifically to get us to go, right? So there's another location that I'd like to visit. Whether it's before or after, I don't care. But it's nearby where we're going. Scarvex or the other one? It's a little past Scarvex. Okay. Uh, it's near Tiona. I think it's pronounced Tijuana. <laughs> hey. oh. All right, we're going there first. <laughs> what have I done? What you had to. <laughs> yeah, while we're out here, as long as we can go there, I don't care where we go first. So one for Scarvix, one f- uh, one for Scarvix, two for the space bridge, and one abstain. So I guess we're going to the space bridge. Well, it's right near where he needs to go. Well, because, I mean, simultaneously, this will let you have some time to play with the toy first. Because I, I really like the idea of, like, us, you know, gathering the, you know, the five legendary artifacts and making them into a combiner somehow, you know. <laughs> He's got combiner fever. Someone give him something quick. Oh, speaking of which, um, <laughs> what did we decide about um, Legionnaire? No, not the combination of uh, Matrix. Uh, he will uh, go with you if you want. Okay. He is on the, the ship at the moment, so. Okay. Oh, that, that actually, Ooh. what Adam just brought up, is, the, is knowledge of the Matrix like a common thing? Yes and no. On Cybertron, especially among the Autobots and Decepticons, it is fairly common knowledge okay. because Optimus Prime claimed to have the, to be the first official or real Matrix bearer uh, in, in quite a while. And he's, Are you talking about the Matrix or the Enigma? The Matrix. The Matrix. Well, I'm talking about the Matrix. Yeah. Adam Adam said I, the Matrix. I was talking... I, yeah, I said Matrix, but I was thinking of the uh, the Enigma. On the colony worlds, it is fairly mythic and very... It, it's mythic and legendary, so it's not common knowledge aside from being a religious artifact. Uh, so... It would be assumed that Optimus Prime would have it, or the, the the current Prime would have it. But again, from the colonies, you're you're not a hundred percent. They're not a hundred percent certain. Uh, Wild Strike, you would you would know because you know you were around on Cybertron when Optimus made the claim, uh, and and you probably just think it's another relic of the of the Primes in in their authoritarian leadership. Uh, so I don't know what your thoughts on the Matrix uh, is <laughs> or are. So like from like that's such a, like says he might think it's like almost like the, the crown. Like this represents royalty and it's important because we say it is. And he's just like fuck you. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a hat. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's kind of like yeah, like basically it's like the crown to an old royalty that no longer has any claim to any type of authority. Fascinating. Hmm. I like it. Like that's a relic of the old, the old Cybertron. Uh, in terms of like other relics, like for example, the Enigma of Combination, uh, those are are very mythical and just shrouded in a lot of mystery because uh, the Enigma was talked about on occasion, just as this kind of like legendary artifact, but was never seen, never claimed. 
Uh, I'm sure that over the course of millions of years, you know, someone said, hey, I, I saw it over on this planet, but it, it didn't happen. Uh, so we'll, what you would have figured, what you would have found out is that the uh, the Enigma was found on Earth, uh, and it apparently had had fallen to Earth millions of uh, uh, either hundreds of thousands or millions of years ago, and uh, some of the Transformers who had uh, who had arrived on Earth had discovered it, and then brought it back to Cybertron, where uh, hilarity ensued. Of course, <laughs> <laughs> was that before yeah. or us? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so yes the the enigma as was very it, it was like talking about the holy grail like for us it was just no one really knew where it was and no one had seen it just un- until it came back from uh from earth now a couple people have seen it yourselves included so like i'm curious like you know like with like, the matrix there's like that spot you can kind of put it in like while we're in Alloy. I wonder if there's like a spot that we would like put it in and be like, now we are the we are like the you know the Paragon Combiner. You know, you would just have to steal the the uh, Enigma back for yourselves and try it out again, huh? Did did we give it back? What do you mean steal? I would assume you probably gave it back to Ironhide. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what? Clearly, you haven't played a role playing game. We, we go by pirate rules. <laughs> Take everything, give nothing back. <laughs> okay, no, it, that's completely accurate. That's completely fair. Who has the Enigma, or where did you put it? It's a legendary artifact. It needs to be accounted for. <laughs> Not it. <laughs> I mean, do we do we actually want it? I mean, obviously, like, like I don't mind not having it, because I think we've kind of gotten the use out of it that it, we're yeah. going to get. But it's like we. It might be good. Might be good to get the, it back. The assumption I mean. that we just did it without consulting us, though, that's that. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> we, we just don't, we don't want a stray shot and then some, suddenly become one with a nearby mailbox. Yeah, the, the things cause nothing but trouble. But at the same time, like, what is the use of it if we don't use it? Like, if it's just going to be locked away, like, how is that useful? Like, uh, it's not. And we don't need to worry about that. It's okay. Let it go. Okay. We give. We could give it to the divisions. But why? God, they would love you for that. They, we'd be heroes on the entire planet. So we'd have somewhere to go when we inevitably get hunted down by the authorities. <laughs> <laughs> why would the divisions Good. want it? Because that's it's like their it's like their central religious artifact. Oh, okay. Because they're all like mini combiners, you know. Right. All the divisions are two-part combiners. They're robots who combine into one alt mode. Okay. And all divisions are like that, so they idolize the combiners. I, so, so would you actually be saying that ten division divisions combine or five divisions combine? They're pairs. Two. No, like, but each one is two. So that's but that's two people. So if each one's like a leg and like, so are there ten, or would there just be five? Uh, You're talking about a recursive combiner here. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. I think probably ten, then. That's awesome. Two for each main body part. I'll form the shins. (laughs) (laughs) So you guys head over to the Steel Haven and get on board. Uh, All of your friends are currently on... Uh, the Steel Haven. Ooh, who's here? 
Silverload is the captain. Hey. All, all, I was going to say all two of them. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's pretty uh, empty in here. Beta Taurus is uh, acting first mate. Hey there. You have Rail in engineering. You have Blue Shift in engineering. Yep, Blue Shift is back over here. Uh-huh. Uh, Legionnaire is here, of course. Uh, and, of course, there are a bunch of uh, of other bots on here that uh, are going to act as the crew of the, the Steel Haven. We'll, uh, we'll meet them as time goes along. But you guys uh, get on up to... Hey, hey we, didn't we rename this to the, the Titanic? <laughs> I think that I... would be a bad idea. Only Magnum would know what the, the Titanic is. <laughs> so in his mind, it's the Titanic. A lot of things in his mind that probably shouldn't be shared everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> or anywhere. Agreed. You guys uh, head on up to the, the bridge. Uh, anything you want to do on the ship before you folks take off? Uh, don't forget Bulkhead and his engineering team is are also on board. So we got a bunch wow. of people on here. And uh, oh, and Hardtop and Diurnal are around as well. Oh, yeah, of course. Are they the ones that want to bring him to Scarvex? Mm-hmm. The only way we're going to be able to go on this trip is with them. Um, without at least without them fighting us. Hardtop wants to keep an eye on Magnum. Okay, I guess one of the the first questions I would have is like, what are the the ship's tactical defenses? Like, does it have shields? Does it have weapons? How how armored is it? Like, you know, like does it actually have internal sensors? Yeah, <laughs> like did we fix the TV that we broke? I mean, like that's important, you know. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm going to toss this over to Mike and Adam then, because the the two of them worked together to actually give this ship some stats. Uh, so I'll throw it over to one of you guys, and you can talk briefly about what the the ship has. Well, I'm going to say that that is an inaccurate statement because I did not do that. <laughs> well then, <laughs> Adam, it's all you. Go for it. What we got here is a uh, state-of-the-art, uh, huge cruiser frame. If uh, anyone is familiar with the Starship uh, settings from uh, Starfinder, uh, the ship is a total tier fourteen, top speed of ten. What we have for systems in place is. Computers are a Mach 3 Tetranode. That means up to four of us can get a plus three to any one roll for uh, Starship Combat. Uh, the centers are the ultra long range. Uh, the quarters are good. Not excellent. Not fancy or nothing. It is still a military ship at, at its base core. The armor is, of course, a Mach 3 adamantium laced. And the shields are a heavy 420. 420 is the total, and 120 is the... I'm seeing four, the ship in, 480. Yeah, that's what I said, 480. Okay, guys, make sure. The current and total hit points are 255, because we did not battle to get our way on board the ship. Therefore, it is pristine and lovely, and has a new paint job. Except for all the energon splashed all over the place. That's on the inside. We have we have a uh, maintenance for that. <laughs> what about your weapons? What do you got for uh, weapons Holy going on? Oh my! Let me tell you something about these weapons. It is a uh, capable warship, uh, able to defend the planet, <laughs> yes. and we are going to be taking it away from the planet. Unfortunately, uh, <laughs> let's see. In the Ford, it has a uh, 
a capital size weapon. The gravity cannon does. Ooh, that sounds D- nice. It does two uh, d six times ten for the damage to other char ships it hits. In addition to this, it can be used as a tractor beam. Nice. It has a uh, a pair of heavy laser cannons that are linked together, so they fire as one weapon. It does uh, 88 points of damage. Medium range on that one. Wait, so is that is that 88? Is, so is it actually 16, or is it 48 times 2? No, that's it's combined. Okay, so 88, so it, it's 48 It's 48 twice. twice. Okay. Yep. Uh, the, uh, the port and aft have... Uh, Different weapon. Uh, yeah, sorry. The port and starboard have same weapons. So there is a laser net on both sides that are capable of uh, shooting down incoming uh, tracking weapons. A like laser to- net. Think about that for a second. An energon net <laughs> that's being launched from the ship like a whaling ship here. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite the sight. Uh, those are only short range and they can only fire in short range. But uh, they do get an automatic shot on any incoming torpedoes. On the port and starboard side, it also has a light laser cannon, which uh, uh, it's a pair of them, so they are linked. Uh, The aft is mounted with a heavy laser cannon, just because you don't want to leave any side of the ship undefended. And it also has a turret, just for versatility. has a heavy, persistent particle beam cannon which does 10 uh, it's uh, 10 D6 points of damage and that is a warship we gotta take this thing next time we go into dungeon crawling (laughs) this is the dungeon crawl I I have like my my other character in another game is just like salivating through the fourth wall you know <laughs> is that what that is <laughs> yes. damn it get the mop again but here's the important question did you fix the TV you broke oh. or that or that black circle you know the glass that we you know that uh, car- uh, that uh, magnum cannonball through nope that's still broken okay. in fact there's like wood there's wood planks up there now I don't think we need to fix it's it. Impressive that's considering that there's no wood on the planet. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Where'd we get the wood? That's like fixing your plumbing with solid gold. Solid gold. So excellent weapons, excellent equipment on there. No TV, unfortunately. But, you know, it's a warship. You got to make do with what you got. Okay, so you are all up on the bridge. And, uh, and Silverload asks you, are you guys ready to take off? I think that we are. Uh, are you ready to uh, captain this here vessel? I, I know that you are rather emotionally attached to the Metallicus. It was a difficult decision to give it up. But the honor of being able to shuttle you folks around and to be in command of this incredible ship. You know what? I think I'm going to be okay with it. I know you are, and I'll pat him on the back. Clank, clank. He strikes the uh, the Captain Morgan pose, points upward. Take us out. And with that, the engines spin up, and the 
Steelhaven takes off, heading into orbit and launches off towards the Dakrama system. Uh, it takes five days to uh, traverse the uh, all of the, the the galaxy to get to the Dakrima system. Uh, we haven't really talked too much about like di- downtime in cases like this, but if you do want to try and train some skills, uh, you are welcome to do that. You'll have uh, five days to to work on anything. Um, but let's just kind of talk a little bit about what your goals are for the uh, for like those five days. What you want to work on. What's important to you. Um, sweet spot. We'll start with you. You have uh, you have five days. Just give me kind of an idea, like what you uh, what what are you, what are you working on? What do you want to do during uh, during this time? Probably want to bone up a little bit on uh, my scientific knowledge, since I were going to be going someplace where you know that might come in handy. I want to be able to recognize some sciencey stuff happening if I see it. Okay, sounds good to me. What about you, Carapace? What's uh, what's five days looking like for Carapace? I. It's been a while since I've been in such a large ship, so I'm actually going to be practicing piloting when I can, just because it's a something that I was working on before we started, and this feels like a good opportunity to do that. So uh, I was going to say, and because I have once taken this ship, <laughs> I would like to make it so that can't happen again. Yes. You know, like I'm going to pull like an Admiral Thrawn. All right, well, Carapus, uh, you know that you managed to effectively unhook the door, <laughs> like the emergency escape door on the, the side of the ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what would you like to do? Would you like to, like, like how do you want to approach this? Um, I will uh, remember that and then speak to an engineer and someone who's actually skilled in such things, because I am not that. Good bot. Okay. No, no thy limitations. Yes. I learned that. I learned that from you. Oh, I'm all about the limitations <laughs> of other bots. We can say that you'll spend uh, probably two days, like two uh, two days of that time, kind of help uh, uh, talking with the engineer, helping him, like trying to figure out, like, like just explaining in detail how you guys broke in, uh, and kind of working with him to kind of like set up a uh, either a, a defense grid or set up something to prevent that from happening in the future. So, so, to, so should I spend like so we do this in like eight hour increments. So should I put, like, mm-hmm. two of those into engineering because I actually don't have that? That's a skill I eventually was going to work on. And then the other three in piloting? Sure, I'm okay with that. Cool. I will do that. All right. Wild Strike, what, uh, what are you up to for these five days? Uh, I'm assuming the ship has some sort of database of information that could be downloaded from Cybertron uh, that we could do research with. Yeah, certainly. I would like to do that. Um, specifically see if I can find anything on Tiona or that area um, in the past. Basically trying to research the information that I found from what's-his-face that was in the jail. Sandstorm? Ooh, I remembered. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, see if I can find any of that information. Um, so I'd be working on my computer skill, which I have none of. <laughs> okay. I learned to wield keyboards as weapons. That's my knowledge of computers. 
<laughs> I will strangle you with this cord. <laughs> don't, don't hit me with the anti-key. Not the anti-key. <laughs> that sounds good to me. And last but certainly not least, Magnum. What uh, what are you up to? All right, let's see. Well, Pythagoras is going to analyze, spend at least a couple days analyzing that data core or the okay. information from it, since we still have it right now, and uh, just try to get any information out of it that he can. And I'll, then he's going to be working on, um, it's not on the, I don't know why, they left it off the character sheet, I don't know, but he actually has profession lawyer that I put on him a couple levels ago. <laughs> really? <laughs> so he's going to be, stu- he's going to be studying Scarvick's law. That's very prudent. <laughs> Build his case. That is... Yeah, I mean that's sort of why he's been was studying that, so I put that as a skill point into that. I'm suddenly having a lot of flashbacks from the movie My Cousin Vinny. <laughs> it's a trick question. That's actually kind of awesome. You started uh, going professional lawyer <laughs> with him. <laughs> Thought it might come in handy. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I object. <laughs> <laughs> and Magnum himself. He's going to spend a lot of time in alt form uh, connected to their computer. He will try to integrate and he will try to integrate into all the control systems and understand all the Ooh. sensors, identify anywhere that we might need because right now we have the captain's key, so he should have access to everything. Mm-hmm. He will essentially master the controls of everything that he can in the, in the ship, plus all the sensors. So he will basically study the ship. And he will study the crew and listen to all the communications and process well. <laughs> Eavesdrop he's, everything. <laughs> he has no he has no calm qualms about that. As <laughs> you know by now. So. Yep. Uh, all right. Nope. That's uh, that's fine. And it's uh, it, it's a it, it's an interesting experience for Magnum uh, actually getting all the sensor data from inside the ship as well as outside. Uh, and I will say that you find two sensor blind spots within the ship uh, and one is like a storage room that is off of the um, uh, off of the the equipment storage for like fighters and then there is a corner of the shuttle bay that for some reason is just is it's not possible to, to see uh, if you want to spend some time you can go ahead and uh, maybe talk with an engineer or talk with blue shift and get those sections uh, back into uh, uh, sensor range. Yeah, definitely. Uh, probably gonna send him down there and find like six transformers all huddled in the corner drinking. <laughs> <laughs> you you know like you know how there's like the idea of like rolling bones, like what would be like the bones mm-hmm. equivalent for transformers, like rolling circuits or something? Nuts. Nuts. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like, as as you you kind of do this and you uh, you kind of figure out that these two spots were uh, were blanks were were dead center spots, you do kind of realize that it was probably intentional. Maybe the previous crew had uh, had blinded those spots so they could you know just get off sensors every once in a while, have an yeah. energon cigarette. <laughs> 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 Not on my watch. What do you mean? <laughs> You're the number one smoker. Yeah, like, it's like, smoke doesn't affect us. I would be interested to meet another Transformer that smoked, because he hasn't so far. 
And I also make sure, of course, I understand how far the external ones go. Uh, they are long-range sensors, too, so you can you can see quite far. Ultra long-range. Hey, sweet spot, I can see your house from here. In your, right. in your case, that's just, all you have to do is look in a mirror. <laughs> you come out of FTL along the edges of the Dakrama system. Silverload orders a full sensor sweep of the quadrant as soon as you drop out. Ten light minutes ahead of the ship is the shattered remnants of a moon orbiting an enormous gas giant. Scans show the location of something that might be a space bridge buried deep within the debris field and the sensor profile of a ship near it. And just so you can see, I just shared this with you folks, that is what the moon looks like. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, wow. It looks like a comet or uh, like an, an asteroid moving very quickly uh, hit the planet and like tore just a giant chunk out of it. Are you sure it wasn't a, a Super Saiyan? <laughs> <laughs> the space bridge is on the moon. It seems like the space bridge is somewhere within the debris field near that that split off continent. Okay, cool. Oh, that was going to be my next question. Is like, is, is it on the the major piece or like the the next piece? Yeah, I, I think I see it. What is our specific orders? Just so we're supposed to are we supposed to be claiming this for Cybertron? Just getting it working or investigating if it's functional? Yes, D, all of the above. Metroplex managed to, to get a signal from the uh, the space bridge, so it looks like it has at least the barest minimum of power, or at least it, its locator beacon is functional. Uh, Metroplex was not able to get a connection with the space bridge, so it seemed like the space bridge was either disconnected somehow, buried, damaged, destroyed, for some reason. But he was able to get, like I said, he was able to get the, the uh, like a locator beacon signal from it to be able to track where it was. And Starscream wanted you to investigate the space bridge uh, just to see if, well, one, if it actually has a planet, like a planet to it, if there's a civilization there, and two, establish contact, get the space bridge working. Uh, if not, then try to reclaim it, try to repair it. Effectively, just investigate, see what's going on with it, and then try to resolve whatever the problem is. Because in the end, having a space bridge connection to a new place is always a good thing. Yeah, it would save us five days. <laughs> <laughs> so do are all space bridges connected to each other, or do they only link back to Cybertron? All are connected to each other. Okay. If, say, this planet is you know totally worthless, can a space bridge be moved? Like, could it be disassembled and then rebuilt somewhere else? Or is it, like, a phenomenon that occurs based on space-time? That is a question for an engineer. Okay. Yeah, that was that was Patrick asking, not, not Carapus. <laughs> <laughs> Carapus could want to be curious, too. <laughs> All right, I got it. Uh, Pythagoras got an 18 on engineering. An Actually, 18. I can, I can assist. I'm not used to assisting. 20 for engineering. Uh, yeah, okay. 
So with a 20, you do you get you have an, a basic understanding of of space bridge tech, and I mean to be honest, it, it is something that is very rare and very unusual to to know about. So I'm sure maybe you did some research at one point. You were talking with Bulkhead sometime over the last couple of weeks, and kind of just got a basic understanding of of how space bridges function. Uh, they are not linked necessarily to one particular location, so they can be moved. However, they require an enormous amount of power to uh, to to work. So, the only places that have functioning space bridges are effectively cities. So, the Titans, for instance, because they're so massive and generate so much power, are able to generate the the energy needed. To, uh, to run a space bridge, uh, but you think you could attach it to like a city's power grid, uh, as long as it is a like a, a very robust uh, city. Like if you just popped it like next to a building or something, you don't think that's going to, to be able to work. Even with the even with the heavy duty extension cord. Even with that cord, yeah. Even with like the big fat like the big fat orange ones, yeah. Even those. What about? Damn it! This is a European plug. What about if yeah. we took a big metal hook? And plugged it into the back of a DeLorean. Would we be able to get 1.21 gigawatts into the space bridge? Think about totally, it. Totally, but no one's, no one has a DeLorean alt mode. Ah, uh, oversight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now a space bridge technology. Is this something that is still understood, but enough by someone to build more, or is this something that nobody knows how to build anymore? Because so that's why they're looking for them. The ladder there. Uh, no one really understands quite how to build them anymore. Repairing is something they can do, uh, but as far as creating new ones, it is incre- it, It's just you think that maybe it would, with time, like maybe Bulkhead could figure out how to do it, or his engineering guild could figure it out. But as of right now, nope, you cannot build new ones. That's plot level complexity. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> is and. Uh... Would a starship provide enough power for one of those things? Uh, not the ship that you're on. If the uh, if a Titan had a starship alt mode, then yes. And and you have actually seen that with uh, Carcer, the uh, the Titan in orbit around uh, Cybertron. Carcer has a a space bridge. Oh jeez! Wow! Imagine that popping out over popping out over Metroplex. <laughs> Yeah. He's, he's a he's a portable military base. Yeah, yeah, he is. Absolutely. That's nasty. Mm-hmm. Can he move himself using it or just or just I know the, the space bridge is effectively like mounted onto him. So it, it it's not like big enough for him to travel he might through. Pull like, himself <laughs> inside out. <laughs> yeah, that would just be really <laughs> horrible. Uh, but you could travel effectively like, to and from Carcer with uh, like, from a space bridge. Well, if, it, so. if his alt form was an octopus, he could definitely do that. <laughs> <laughs> He'll have to get a new mode. Yeah. <laughs> as long as his beak is bigger than the space bridge, he's good. <laughs> so is the beacon still going? Uh, yeah, it is. So uh, right. Silverload will uh, will go ahead and talk to you guys. This is a uh, this this is unexpected. I was I was expecting to find an actual solid planet here. Uh, what do you what do you guys want to do here? Well, I think we ought to maybe try to communicate with that ship that's uh, also within the sensors. I was gonna say by communicate you mean scan, right? <laughs> scan first, then talk <laughs> afterwards. 
hopefully, with words instead of weapons. Oh, don't give me that look, Kerpus. <laughs> always start with words. A <laughs> hey, Magnum wouldn't wait for anyone's orders to scan it, so... Uh, okay, so Magnum, go ahead and give me a computer's roll for the ship's scan, if you don't mind. So now here's the interesting question. Can Magnum also use the plus three from the ship to aid his aid himself? I think that's a, a little over the top. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. No, no, it, it's, it's fair. Oops, wrong one. Do we have a, ded- a dedicated science officer other than player characters in this? Uh, I don't is. believe so. I mean, there's there's going to be crew that have a science background that you can use, but... Okay. I guess at, at some point, if we're actually going to be using this thing, like having a, a full co- crew complement, I know that's a nightmare, so, you know, but eventually knowing what everybody can do would be good. So, because, like... Half the time, like, the reason why starships can do this stuff is you're like, well, how did you roll so high? Well, six people were aiding me. You know, and you're like, oh, right, because starship, you know. Yeah, I got a 34. Damn, Magnum. No help needed. <laughs> Your computer skills never cease to, uh, never cease to impress me. Okay. Here is what you get from the scan. So I'll actually say that you're you're just scanning the the kind of general area around there because the ship is actually uh, fairly close to that beacon. Uh, so I'll give you uh, all the stuff in that area. So starting with the space bridge, uh, you can locate damaged pieces of the space bridge. It looks like all the pieces are there, so it looks like it, it's still like all all there, but it's not in one piece anymore. Uh, so it has definitely been been damaged and uh, and broken. So you think that's exactly why Metroplex could not make the connection to this place. Uh, the ship looks like it is uh, looks like it is scanning the debris field. It looks like it's also probably scanning the the remains of the space bridge, and it looks like it is attempting salvage operations on some of the, like, the debris in the area. And as you're scanning, like, the debris, you can tell that it's not just rock and the space bridge. It's the remnants of a civilization. You can see, like, like broken buildings. You can see, like, technology. You can see what used to be an actual civilization on this moon. Uh, that is just not there anymore. You're able to identify the ship as an Iridium-class destroyer from the Black Block Consortia. And as you scan it, uh, it looks like it is starting to move away. So you can see its maneuvering thrusters starting to turn it. Um, so one of the questions I had was, uh, you might have said this, and I apologize. The damage that's done to the planet, you said, does that look like another planetoid collided with it? Or is it something like, oh, someone turned on the bridge and that, like, pulled the part, the planet apart? Like, you know, like maybe it was like a sabotaged or something along those lines. Like, did the explosion come from the outside or from within? You know, like that sort of thing. Give me a physical science check. Whomever wants to, to try and figure this out. 15 plus 5. I'll add... I guess I'll eat another, just because I know he's way better at it. So that's a 20, so I actually add 4. So 38, 40. <laughs> Look at you. Uh-huh. 43. Oh, 43. Oh, right, because of the plus 3? Yep. Damn. 43. Wow. <laughs> so 
That is ridiculous. They got a 19 that time. The DC of that was 15. <laughs> Imagine if he was using those uh, senses offensively. It's like, allow me to extrapolate a, a 3D holographic illusion of exactly what happened to the planet. <laughs> That's exactly what you do. Uh, yes, uh, you can you can very easily tell that the planet was destroyed by either a comet or... Actually, no, with, with the 43, yes, you know for certain, it's a comet. A comet struck the planet uh, likely thousands of years ago. So it doesn't look like this ship had... Probably natural, not not like a mass driver. Right, exactly. What's the planet made out of? Is it a metal planet or a rock planet? Uh, it is rock. Rock planet! <laughs> I need it as a ringtone. Rock planet! Rock planet! Rock planet! <laughs> All right, well, I will share the information. Uh, what do we know about the... The black bloke, the black blokes, the black consortium. Block consortium. Thank you. Give me a culture check. The BBC was founded in 1964 by. <laughs> <laughs> 17. All right, so that is a. What'd you get, Pat? Uh, 17. So plus two. 31. 31. Yep, more than enough to get this here. Uh, so the Black Block Consortia seceded from the Galactic Council uh, hundreds of years ago, but it kept the same philosophy, uh, exploiting unsuspecting inhabited worlds for resources as part of a uh, uh, effectively, effectively a giant protection racket against the galaxy's mechanical races. Uh, the Council was displeased at losing some of their territory, some of their market share to... Uh, uh, effectively just losing their market share. Uh, and the two factions kind of began this, this turf war hundreds of years ago. Uh, Wild Strike, as you were doing research on, on Teonia, uh, you do know that Teonia is, very, is within the Black Block Consortium te Consortia territory. It is very close to the Galactic Council border, though. That's a good thing. Was being in the neutral zone ever a good thing? <laughs> oh no, it, it's not in the neutral zone. It still is. It, it still is in the BBC territory. It's just not. Uh, it's just close to the border. Between the two of them, the the consortium is a little bit more hostile to mechanical life forms than the Galactic Council is. But that's not really saying a whole lot. Most of the organic races in the galaxy are hostile towards mechanical life forms because of the vast, vast. Uh, uh, philosophical differences between them. They just jealous because they like die in the cage stuff. Totally. We can we can continue to screw up the uh, the universe at a, for, and, and for an indefinite period. <laughs> we don't have yep. the courtesy to die off like most civilizations. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, what do you what do you want to do? Like as as you're kind of talking and discussing and kind of. Uh, looking over the scans on this, you can see the, the the consortium ship is moving away. Like run like like running or like have they even not have they not even noticed us? Uh, you think they noticed the scan and they're not running, but they're just they're kinda of moving away. Like they, they see you there and it's like, huh, okay. Uh, it is a, a destroyer-sized ship, so you do outclass them quite a bit. Okay. Your ship is effectively a cruiser-sized yeah, ship. Yeah, you're down right, we do. That's right. That's right, we do. 
that was going to be my next question. <laughs> it was like, wait, like, are they better than us? Like, should we be posturing right now? <laughs> um, can I tell if there's biologicals and mechanicals on board? Oh, yeah, certainly. Uh, it's mostly biological. Uh, you do get uh, some cyborgs in there, but it's primarily biological. Oh, are they, like, humanoid? Like, human-sized? Or are they transformer-sized? Uh, it's a mix. Some of them are, tra- are transformer-sized humans, and others are, like, human-sized aliens. Transformer-sized humans. Yep. So, like, Titan Titans, then. Yep. Titan from Attack on Titan, not from yeah. actual yeah, know, yeah. Transformer Titans. Yeah. <laughs> Just in case someone is listening so far in the future that Attack on Titan isn't a thing anymore. <laughs> oh, I don't think it'll never not be a thing. Someone's always going to be looking for it. Yep, looks like the Primes decided to start over with this one. Mm. Uh, does the... Can we see, like, a, a ship's... Like a, was there, like, a dropship from the Destroyer down salvaging, or did it look like they literally just got here? Uh, it looks like they were more at the the scanning stage, so they may have been here for a little while, but like, uh, like you can see that there were like collection arms off of the the ship, so like they, it was probably grabbing like pieces of technology, like, not sending like ships out, tractor beams as well, you know, just nothing like external, just kind of grabbing bits and pieces as they could. It's probably it's probably been mentioned, but whose turf is this right now? Where's the property line? Uh, this is actually right in the center of Galactic Council territory. So one of the reasons they are, they're moving off probably is that they're also in the literally in the direct middle of enemy territory. Okay. So I don't think they want to get into a fight with you folks. So is it what is the official like? Do we do we have authority here? And, and where does that authority come from? Like, is, is Sweet Spot the leader here, or is, like, the captain the leader? Silverload is the captain of the ship. So, you know, with, within the bounds of the ship, his authority is is effectively absolute. Um, but his authority does not extend over your mission. Okay, so we have... So he's, like, commander, but we have acting authority. Right. And you, and you think that... Because this was a uh, a, a mechanical colony, this was like one. It may have been a colony of Cybertron at one point, or at least a colony of Cybertronians at one point. Uh, the Galactic Council did not want anything to do with them, so they probably just left them alone to just, you know, to just do their own thing. As long as the the bots here didn't do anything to threaten any planets around them. Uh, but also, the reverse of that's true, too. If, you know, like when the, the comet hit, if there were survivors, they lent no aid to them at all. Okay. Is there a, st- is there a standard procedure for dealing with uh, ships from other territories? Yeah, like it's not like fire, like it's not like fire at will. It's more of like a, well, let them go, because... You're not at war with the Galactic Council. You're not at war with the, the BBC. But if... If a comparable or bigger ship came across you, you fully expect that the Consortium would probably open fire. The Galactic Council would probably just be hostile to you and tell you to get out. And if you didn't, then maybe they'd start a fight. So Cybertron is part of... I thought Cybertron was part of the Galactic Council, or... Oh, no, 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 no. no. Oh, Oh, okay. Cybertron has been blacklisted from the Galactic Council for your, like, four million year civil war. 
<laughs> Apparently, we don't play nice with others or ourselves. What 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 do they call the thing that the humans just joined then? The Cybertronian Federation. The yep, the Cybertronian Confederation. And how many? I guess how big is that? Is it like? Are we like one percent of the size of the Galactic Council? Uh, Cybertron, Velocitron, Eucaris, Division, Caminus, and now Earth. And the Galactic Council's like millions of planets. I, th- I think probably thousands, but yeah, okay. they're they're much bigger. So they so, actually have like full on territory. Right. So <laughs> so finding something like this is actually significant. Then. Except it's not on our turf. Right, but. That, they don't know that. Not that. Not that we both. Not that we owe a lot of allegiance to them anyway. Right. But so bulkhead and his uh, a bulkhead comes up to the the bridge. What's the the situation here? Do we uh, are we going to head out and try to try to fix this thing or try to get it? What's uh, what's your what's your plan on dealing with this? My boys are ready to to go and fix it, but it's going to be uh, it's going to be tough getting in there. And you can see that the debris field is again it, it's surrounding it and it's it's. It'd be difficult to get in. Captain, could we uh, possibly use the tractor beam to uh, push a larger chunk uh, similar to a snowplow and make a path? Hmm. That's an interesting plan. It might work. We would have to get a a medium-sized piece, maybe a a piece no larger than the ship. Uh, I think uh, after a couple of impacts, though, the... The, uh, the piece of debris that we grab is going to start to to disintegrate. Sweet spot, you have piloting. Uh, Wild Strike, you also have piloting? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. Uh, you two can go ahead and give me a piloting check. Either individual or aid. May I assist you, sir? Sure. So plus six. So a 41. Fist bump. Clang. <laughs> you guys take a look at the the scans that Magnum did, and take a look at the the debris field. Uh, and here's what uh, uh, what you two think. It's effectively going to be three spaces of debris that you need to to move through in in like starship terms, like three hexes. Yep. Effectively, you can try to bring the Steelhaven in. Uh, you think it's going to be harder to maneuver the Steelhaven itself in there because it's a much bigger ship and the, the turns you know need to be a lot tighter. Uh, so it's going to be more difficult to maneuver, but the Steelhaven also has capital ship weapons. So you think that if someone were to man the weapons, you, they could uh, potentially shoot some of the larger pieces as they get closer and help you out with your piloting checks maneuvering through the debris field. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The other option you think is viable is taking a shuttle, for example, like Sweet Spot in a shuttle, uh, and then maneuver through that way. You think it'd be easier to maneuver through because, you know, smaller ship, but if you uh, you won't have the ability to, to destroy anything in your way, and if you get hit with one of those pieces of, uh, of debris, it is really, really going to hurt. Never happen. <laughs> Unlike the Steelhaven, which has, you know, beefy, robust shields. You think those are probably the two best options? Uh, but, you know, like anything else you want to, to give a shot to, you can also, you can try. Well, I'll say that's up to Sweet Spot if he wants to go out. You know what? 
You know the dangers? Yep. Uh, I really haven't uh, had that much uh, time to stretch my legs. And I know it's not going to feel like I'm moving at all when I'm going through space, except that all the uh, uh, debris pieces will be flying by. So that could be exciting. Could be a good little uh, walk in the park for us. Now, do y'all trust me to pilot sufficiently so that we do not get, uh, well, for lack of a better word, smushed? Pulverized. <laughs> I have complete confidence in you. Sweet pilot. Yes. I mean, if we can get the the, uh, the steel haven to kind of shoot a path or gravity a path in front of us while we're doing it, then sure. Are you saying you do both? <laughs> well, no, maybe, I'm saying like, like maybe we so can like, use the uh, the, use gravity the gravity gun. well to kind of have like to push a rock forward and then we fly behind it, so it's like a yeah. So we're in like it, the equivalent of its slipstream, you yeah. know. Two for one deal. I'm down with that plan. Okay, so Sweet Spot, you are going to head out, uh, and you said you want to, to have the, uh, the Steel Haven kind of push, uh, uh, push a, a rock kind of in front. Okay, so effectively both of you are, both ships are, are moving. Uh, who is going to be on Sweet Spot, and who is going to be on the Steel Haven? Well, maybe just push the rock and... Not follow it, just let it go. Yeah, that was like, like so just kind of like push it out with the gravity and it's just going to keep going. Like the ship's gone. It's like throwing a baseball and just like following behind the baseball. It will clear a little bit of space ahead, right. you know. So there'll be fewer obstacles. At, le- okay. at least in the beginning. And it should make a sufficient uh, escape path should we need to get out of there. So, sweet spot, you are gonna be uh, transforming and flying uh, that way after the Steel Haven pushes one of the larger pieces uh, to help clear a path. Who is gonna go with sweet spot? Well, we all are, aren't we? That's, that's the point where we're here, right? Yeah, sure. Yep. Sure. Yeah. Should we bring the engineers, or should we investigate? We probably should investigate first. You can probably fit one or two engineers in there because sweet spot is not that big. Okay. Maybe uh, one engineer. Yeah, it's a bit of a tight fit. Cause don't forget, you guys had like a uh, the last time you were on a shuttle and you had like Sweet Spot piloting, and he, he had a bunch of bodies in there. It was just totally <laughs> cramped. That was fun. Do you want to bring one engineer along with you? Yeah, brave soul. That way they can make a judgment as to uh, uh, like how long or like what condition they think the the uh, the space bridge is in. Is his, is his name Red Shirt? <laughs> Red shirt number one. Red torso paint. <laughs> okay. Red turtleneck. <laughs> so the four of you head down to the hangar bay along with uh, one of the engineers. In fact, actually, Bulkhead is the one who is coming up along with you. So the guy in charge. Head down to the hangar bay. Sweet spot. You transform in the elevator. Everyone piles in. Elevator rises up to the launch tube, and the Steel Haven launches you forward. It's actually really interesting too, because the uh, the Steel Haven has uh, what's effectively a a very like slimmed down version of like a mass driver on it to help launch you. So you can feel the like, the electromagnetic pulse kind of pull you forward and launch you out of the tube. Get you up to a good speed to start with. Oh, this tickles. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard a transformer with jowls before. 
Jowl former. This is how I'm going to rule it. So you have three spaces to go through to get to uh, the space bridge. The Steelhaven shooting a piece of the asteroid into the field uh, has cleared a path through the first space, so you don't need to make any rolls for the, the first space. Nice. Okay. Uh, now, I want you to make a piloting check on the second space. And you can see as you're moving through that the, the second space is probably the toughest part of it because there's other like bits and pieces of the debris and the asteroid fields are kind of moving around a little bit faster. Whereas as it gets a little closer to the planetary body, it kind of calms a little bit. So the middle piece is going to be the toughest part to get through, and you think it'll be a little, a little easier once you clear this section. So go ahead and give me that badass piloting check from Sweet Spot. Okay. Can I assist at all? Uh, in this case, I'm going to say no because he is doing the pilot. He's effectively doing the piloting himself. If you were putting, bringing the Steel Haven in, I would say yes. Are these the things that we're avoiding? small enough that if I were to fire at them with a weapon, it would actually have an impact? Uh, no, these are too big. Okay, I had a, I had a feeling. I just wanted to make sure. Well, don't kill us. I'm not going to kill us. By much. Uh, I rolled a 28 there, Mike. 28. Alright, and the DC for this one's a little bit higher, so uh, you made it. It was close, but you made it. So you're, you're bobbing and weaving through the, uh, the asteroid field over here. There's a couple of pieces of debris that get really close. And you notice them, and you kind of dive right underneath them. And it's like, hey, right over your... Hey, uh, Bulky, I know you weren't here for the last time, but you know what this reminds me of? These fellas could probably tell you. This reminds me of the time that we were uh, flying through the, uh, the traffic coming up off of uh, Cybertronia. Uh, and we were trying to get up to the Steel Haven. Maybe it was coming back from the field there the first time. I don't know which it was. But it was a lot like this. You know, ducking and weaving, bobbing, swaying, to and fro, up and down, a little bit of a spin here. You're not getting sick, are you? Don't worry. Carapace can hold it for you. <laughs> you you were flying through the space lane? That seems awfully dangerous, sweet spot. Oh, of course it was. Nothing I can't handle. I had to support my whole crew. Panning <laughs> through the cabin. <laughs> Everyone is just shaking their heads. Like, no. No. Danger's his middle right. name. Sweet danger spot. <laughs> I like it. Um, I'm going to do a scan, though, uh, of everything while we pass. Just to note. Note um, anything, especially anything that's not just mineral. Oh. Gotcha. It's like, oh, you found an uh, island size of a no-qual there. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you go ahead and make it through the uh, second section. Go ahead and give me a piloting roll for the third section as you approach the uh, the space bridge. And Magnum, go ahead and give me a... Uh, this is... Are you using ship scanners or yourself? Well, I'll connect to the ship scanners if I can. Otherwise, I'll just use my own... All right, so go ahead and give me a computer's roll for ship's scanners. Hey, 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 that's not my that's not my scanning port. <laughs> <laughs> I got a twenty six for my paladin. Got a thirty five for the computers. Uh, with the uh, the closer range to some of this debris, uh, you can tell that there are 
pieces of Cybertronians uh, within the debris. You can kind of see like parts of, of like legs, arms, uh, pieces of alt modes. Nothing too like, like amazingly different. So it, it it everything is consistent with what it looks like. So it, it's consistent with uh, what effectively used to be a uh, a city and a civilization. Well, I'll keep an eye out for any, anything interesting pieces of equipment, any energon signals. Um, is there any chance of any of these things being still active? You're pretty convinced that there's there's nothing in that one. You're into, uh, past the second space into the third one. Sweet spot. You have made your roll on that one with, uh, with no problems. Uh, the debris field is not as volatile in this section, uh, so you're able to get fairly close to the, uh, the remains of the space bridge uh, with little difficulty. And Magnum, as you as uh, you're getting closer, you can uh, tell that the space bridge is in five separate pieces. Uh, they are fairly close by to each other, which is a little surprising. You would have thought that over the last like couple thousand years they would have drifted, but uh, it looks like they uh, they managed to like get caught in a somewhat stable area where there's not a whole lot of movement. So um, you know it, it's a little a little ways off each piece, but. Um, you think you can uh, uh, you can track down each of the five pieces? So, okay. Is there uh, uh, what are like the, the how how complete are the pieces? I mean, like they just sort of sliced in each other, or they like mangled at the ends? Like, like how much work is it going to be to reconnect them? Bulkhead will actually be the one to uh, to examine that, and he will tell you that it's probably going to take about six days to to fix. Uh, but anyone who is helping out, and uh, mechanically, if you help out with an engineering or computers check, uh, each one will reduce the time by uh, by one day. So if you want to help out an aid, you that you can do that. But otherwise, it's going to end up taking uh, six days total to to effectively gather the pieces, repair them, put it back together, test it, and see if everything is is functional. It is big enough to store within the Steel Haven. It is larger than Sweet Spot, though. So you think Sweet Spot could actually fly through it if it was active in his vehicle form. Oh, interesting. It's smaller than I expected it to be. Okay. So could we just gather the pieces and reassemble it elsewhere? So instead of, like, building the ring, just, like, break the ring down and take it? So you think you could gather the pieces and then... Maybe try bringing it back to the Steel Haven and then reassembling it there, or, or repairing it there, or you could try to repair uh, repair it here. Bring the Steel Haven in to to put it in the shuttle bay. I think there's a couple of different options you can take, but you know for certain that it, it will not. Uh, the completed ring will not fit inside Sweet Spot. You think you could potentially get the pieces inside Sweet Spot, but it is going to be a tight fit with everyone in there. Could um, I po- possibly tow it? Because if we're in low gravity, or zero, uh, zero yes, you gravity. could tow it. Uh, you will need—I mean, like I said, five separate pieces. So you'll need to do something to either put them all together, or tow each piece individually, or or what have you. But yeah, you yeah. think you could tow it? We might want to get the steel even closer in that case, so we don't have to make treacherous trip back and forth dragging something. Uh, will the will the completed ring fit inside the steel haven? 
Yes, it'll be a tight fit. You think it'll take up most of the shuttle bay floor, but it will fit. Okay, so what is the intention with this? Like, you know, now that we found the planet, it's effectively destroyed. There's no life here. There's no real incentive for us to keep it here, right? It's not like we're going right. to be like, oh, like, we're going to go mine the shit out of this place. Let's just, like, open the door and send in a whole bunch of miners and just, like, you know, pull, pull the planet in slowly at a time. Or is it better suited to, like, oh, let's re, you know, create a new trade route to a planet that actually needs it? That's what I would say. That The latter. Okay. The choice is up to you guys. Bulkhead is there to just assess the viability of the the space bridge actually working, and to if once he gets it repaired, to actually test it, make certain it works. Uh, but the actual decision as to what to do with it now that the the situation is not what's what's expected uh, is up to you. So here's the plan: we'll tow one piece back. Everyone else can get out, except uh, maybe just one person to help tow. And then I go back uh, two more times, fitting one inside and towing another. Three trip, three trips all together, including this one. All right. Uh, in Starship uh, combat with the engines, uh, if you're going, I think, over speed 12, you actually get a, a penalty to your uh, piloting checks. And if you're going uh, speed 6 or less you get a, a bonus to your piloting checks. Would you allow that to apply if I take it slow? Uh, if you can convince me that you didn't take it fast on the previous one. Damn it. <laughs> uh, I have an issue with Sweet Sweat trying to go slow. Yeah, I, I can't do it. out of character. I can't do it. <laughs> I'm more concerned that his definition of slow just doesn't apply here. <laughs> <laughs> With all of you in there, you think it's a really, really tight fit to even get one piece in. But you could do it if you, you know, just kind of shove yourselves up against the side of the of Sweet Spot's wall. If there was no one inside, would we be able to fit two pieces in there? Yes. Okay, I mean, so... You can, just, you can just hang out and wait out in space while he goes and comes back. Then know? this is the plan. I We fit one piece in me. Tow one piece, go back to the ship, unload everyone. Then I go back, I fit two pieces in me, and tow a third piece. And that's all. Now it's down to two trips. Or, well, I was just thinking you could, we could go to one of the pieces, unload everyone out there, put two pieces in, hook up a third, and you could fly it back yourself, and we'll just stay here with the last two pieces. Yeah. And check it out. I mean to look at them while you're making your trip. You know? I mean, it's not like we're gonna go anywhere. Alright, sweet. So you're the one flying, so you get to make the decision on uh, this case. So, what are you gonna do? Alright, fine. Everybody out. <laughs> Load two pieces of me. He just blows us out the airlock. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> sweet spot, you open up your, uh, your cargo hatch there, and everyone kind of files out and is hanging out in zero G in space here for uh, for a few. Uh, you load up two pieces into you and close the hatch. Uh, presumably, you load it in before you guys just jump out into zero G in there and you have trouble moving around. Right. Everybody stick together. 
And you fly back through the debris field. Give me two piloting checks, please. That's not a problem. Uh, Do I get any bonuses because uh, I've already navigated through this section? No, because they are asteroids, so they are moving around a little bit. Okay. So it is a different field than it was before. All right. First one is a 29, and the second one is a 24. All right. So the first section here, uh, heading away from the space bridge uh, wreckage, uh, no problem. You make it through. You avoid any moving asteroids. However, because the second section has a little bit tougher maneuvering through it, uh, you actually don't make it. Which means, as you are approaching the Steel Haven, uh, one of those bigger asteroids, maybe one that uh, that you're having a little bit of trouble avoiding because of the heavier load of you in your cargo bay here, uh, manages to strike along the top of your alt form. Oucha woucha. As can leave a mark. Oh, well, that certainly uh, didn't feel very nice at all. Uh, So this piece of debris comes in, boom, hits you, four, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, fifteen points of damage. Fifteen. Now see, that's that's so kind. I thought it was going to be way, way, way more than that. (laughs) (laughs) I rolled a six, a five, a two, and two ones. Okay, so could have been much worse. Uh, since you had uh, had the steel haven clear out the first one with that uh, the bigger piece of debris, uh, you are fine with that. So once you make it through the second section, you are clear to head back and dock at the steel haven. So you go ahead and you get yourself back in there. You dock, and the crew unloads your cargo bay. All right, and I will contact uh, uh, Silver Silverbeard. Yeah. Silver Fang? Or Silver, silver Beard? Beard. Yeah, Silver Beard. <laughs> Captain, uh, would it be possible to use the ship's uh, very, very high-powered sensors to plot me a somewhat safer course through the asteroids to get back to where the space bridge is? And my friends. We can do that. And he will link you with the uh, the comm officer, or not the comm officer, the, uh, the the effect of the science the science officer, and they will do some scans. Not as good as uh, as Magnums, mm-hmm. of course, uh, but they will be feeding you telemetry as you go through, and you can take a plus two to your piloting check. Very good, very good. All right, now as I go, you want to rest for ten minutes, Adam, before you move. No, I do not. I don't want to leave you guys out there any longer than I have to. I can I can take a lump or two. Don't worry about that. Brave soul. Uh, and they were never heard from again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you fly back in. Give me two more piloting checks, please. All right, guys, I'm coming back for you. I know you can't answer me because you don't have any uh, any air <laughs> to make any noise. But we have comm systems. Uh, can I yeah. give him moral support over the comms? Internal support. You sure those asteroids uh, are boss? All right, here comes the first one. This is the toughie. Just kick it in the ass. Plus two to that is a 27. You barely made it, but you made it. All right, all right. That was close. You see a piece of debris kind of like... 
right underneath you. He's like, whoa, I got now, it. Now, remember, Ooh. if you see something, you say something there. You're looking on the on the comms, on the, uh, on the scanners there. Don't worry about uh, me. I have uh, pretty good reflexes. 36 for the final one. And that is more like the piloting checks I expect from Sweet Spot. Yes, you make it back to your friends in the debris field with no problems. Indeed. Do you guys ever watch uh, Avatar, Last Airbender? Of course. Mm -hmm. Uh, In a couple episodes. The the, the episode where he fights King Boomy, and he's, like, dodging the rock, and you see him, like, like, he's, like, you know, bent over backwards over the thing, just barely scraping by as this thing. Like, that's what I was just envisioning when you were... (laughs) Yep. Like just barely, it's like, Ooh. like like he he touched it tangentially, you know, like <laughs> like that's how close it was. <laughs> All right, uh, why don't you guys? Uh, I'll open up and let these guys load in. The uh, I only took two pieces, so I gotta take another two and then come back for them and the and the final piece. He was gonna take three. Yeah, We're but gonna I load need, two and you drag one. But I needed someone to be there to tow. Because I don't have a token. So load me up. Oh, gently, gently. Gently. Going damage the interior. <laughs> okay, you get uh, you get yourself loaded up again. Ready for round two. Give me uh, two more piloting checks. All right. We'll get through this one pretty easily, I think. Well, let me give you a, a little energon boost. Does that help out with stamina? It helps out with rolls. Like your next roll will be at oh, oh, one, I think. I get you. Cool. The next roll isn't the tough one. It's the one after that that's the tough one. As a standard action, you may use one Energon node to give a 1d4 morale bonus to an attack roll, skill check, or a saving throw. This bonus lasts for one minute or until used. Okay, so you could save it for the second one. All right. Hold on, let me make, I'm trying to make the roll. Three. Plus three. All right. Well, uh, I'll contact the captain. I'm about to start my return approach. Feed me that telemetry, that sweet, sweet telemetry again. Here I go. You should be having information coming through now. Uh, first one with plus two would be a 28 for that first one. 28 is successful. Right, and this one's going to be with a little bit of uh, moral support from uh, my very good friend, uh, Malcolm. Uh, Malcolm. Malcolm. <laughs> <laughs> Malcolm. <laughs> <laughs> Magnum. Who is this Malcolm you speak of? What'd you get? Uh, so, uh, this will be with a plus three from him, plus two from the ship. Uh, that'll be a 26, plus three this is a 29, plus two is a 31. Ooh. More than enough. You got that one. Ooh. Make it back to the ship. Sliding. And un- Sliding unload. Sliding right through. All right. Unload. Time to go back. This time, I'm bringing back friends. Two more to get through. Right. This one here is a 40. I sure hope that's enough. 40 is plenty. And the one after that is a 32. That's more than enough. All right, guys. Load in one and squeeze in. Oh, yeah. Careful where you put your feet in things. And I stress on things for you, Carapace. I know you got a lot of things sticking off of you. He has trouble wearing a sweater. <laughs> okay, give me those last two rolls. All right, here comes the first one. Another plus, another plus three for you. Okay, I'm going to save that for the second one, if you don't mind. Oh, yes, of course. All right. Did we so see that... the interesting junk while we're out there? 
Well, it's all pretty interesting. Very, very morbid, but interesting. Yeah, nothing uh, too amazing. Like I said, it just—it's like the the remnants of of the civilization. I mean, you can try to salvage some stuff if you want, but nothing really looks too interesting or amazing. Right, any so. any parts that might have a memory log, like somebody's head or something like that. <laughs> uh, no, I don't see anything. Ah, for some reason, all the heads have been taken. Uh, thirty-two is the first roll. <laughs> 32 is enough? Oh, they all lost a head. Make it through the first area? Not us. We're going to make it through. Ready? Here goes. Total of plus 5 over on this, and that would make that a 38 plus 5, 43 for the final roll. That is what I'm talking about. Make it through and clear the debris field and make it back to the Steel Haven. And as you pull into the hangar bay, we will see you next time. All right. I think I need a sonic shower. With a successful mission. No, no From the secret files of Teletran 1, Empire of Rust is written and GM'd by Michael Ordway. Headmaster Magnum and his partner Pythagoras are played by Matthew G. Candidate Sweetspot. Representative of Velocitron is played by Adam H.U. The Decepticon Warrior, Wildstrike, is played by Mike M. And Carapace, the Beast Soldier of Primitive Eucharist, is played by Patrick Finn. Additional characters are played by Michael and Cassandra Ordway. Empire of Rust is supported by the humans and networks of planet Earth, whose online networks provide access to libraries of sound effects and music such as Storyblocks, Zasplat, Blue Zone, and Dark Fantasy Studios. We are distributed by the Transmissions Podcast Network. Stay up to date with all the latest news and reviews in the world of the Transformers by going to transmissionspodcast.com or searching for the Transmissions in your podcast app of choice. You can communicate with the heroes of Iacon by joining us on the Transmissions Discord channel. There you can discuss episodes talk to the cast, and download the rule set used in the Empire of Rust. Teletran 1, signing off. <laughs> <laughs>